Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. Hey, everybody, you are listening to the Famous Dead People podcast, the only podcast that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. You did it. This is the 50th episode. Wow! 50 episodes, guys. We did it. It's the 50th podcast episode. We've had a couple more on the live radio show, so if you're a big fan and you want to check out episodes the day that they come out, you can listen to the freshest episodes of Famous Dead People every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. But this is the 50th. Woo! And it was a doozy, guys. Uh, It was the interview where I sat down with controversial magazine publisher and iconic playboy Hugh Hefner, played by comedian John Trabridge, and one of the finest tenors, to walk the earth, Luciano Pavarotti, played by comedian Douglas Wittick. It was a it was a real uh, humdinger. Uh, don't forget to go out and buy my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now and it is super duper funny and available everywhere. Check out my uh, you know my website, jaredbranson.com, for all of my live show dates and uh, current of uh, current updates on all my all my upcoming projects. And uh, you know subscribe to the podcast, rate the podcast. Uh, listen to my other podcast, leave a review of the book, all that good stuff, you know. Just thanks for listening, guys. I really appreciate it. So sit back, relax, and enjoy Pavarotti and Hefner on Famous Dead People. It's time. Time to start the show. Famous Dead People. People you know. Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. The story stuck in the head. My guests today on Famous Dead People are 20th Century Magazine publisher and iconic American playboy, Hugh Hefner. Thank you for having me, Jared, baby. And Italian opera singer known for his work with the three tenors, Luciano Pavarotti. Thank you for having me, Jared. Uh, Mr. Pavarotti, Mr. Hefner, thank you so much for being here on Famous Dead People. Thank you for joining us in the studio today. It's an honor, my man. It's an honor. That is it's such a delight that you w- are willing to share your voice with us at any moment, Mr. Brilliant Pavarotti. Uh, I'd like to start off with um, uh, Mr. Hefner for a moment. Like, uh-huh. You were an American icon. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> I am, baby. Not, not only for the work that you did... Uh, with Playboy, but also uh-huh. because of your of your lifestyle, which was sort Ooh. of like bombastically decadent. You know, it was sort of comedically uh-huh. indulgent male fantasy. Uh, but I'm wondering, like, you're not the only, you know, successful person in the world. There are a lot of people uh-huh. who could have had a mansion and a grotto and naked people. Uh-huh. But they around. didn't. I did. But they didn't, you know? Yeah, and so right. I'm wondering, like, are you surprised that more people didn't build decadent lifestyles for themselves the way that you did or or maybe they did but they didn't like project them so ostentatiously uh-huh. you know does that does that shock you uh-huh it shocks me every day of my life baby because <laughs> as far as i'm concerned this was the plan all along this the was plan the, this all was the along point the point the those. point of life and to me and Pavarotti, you can correct me if i'm wrong but the point of life to me is to uh you know revitalize entertainment and then make your empire and okay. and remake the world in your image, baby. And so, um, you know, that was the plan all along. And I talk to people that don't, you know, they make almost as much money as me, but then I also talk to people that do make as much money as me, baby. Mm. And, and they never, um, they're like, well, you know, I'm fine. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to build a farm. And I go, ugh. It makes me want to go to bed. Yeah, you know? it's pretty boring. Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. Boring, yeah. Get some, like get some pools in there. Get some, get some swings in there, my man. Well, for in, I mean, I think it's interesting because there are certain trappings of fame and power and wealth that you didn't fall into. Like you weren't, uh-huh. you know, there, there weren't like portraits of yourself up in the mansion. You didn't have like statues of yourself you know but it was there was a couple of uh portraits and uh you know but you know my lifestyle is class and my lifestyle you know have you ever been to uh graceland graceland uh that's uh elvis's that's elvis's compound yeah when i talked to elvis um you know we were talking about our compounds um you know years ago and our empires and our states that we wanted to make baby. And I said, you know, my my mind's about the people, you know. Mm-hmm. You walk into Graceland, you go into his uh, rows and rows of oil paintings of himself. Who's having fun? You know, Elvis is having fun. Interesting. When, meanwhile, you come into the Playboy Mansion, my man, and it's fun all the time. It's legendary fun. Pavarotti mm-hmm. pop, popped in a couple times. Oh, you, you know, you've, Jared, you you've know. been to the, uh, the Playboy Mansion, Mr. Pavarotti. Yes, yes. I come, I sing. I Sometimes even I take off a glove. Oh, oh! So that's like your your version of like letting loose, which is like taking off one glove. Mm-hmm. Pavarotti mm. come in, he sing. The ladies go, "Ooh, I would never sleep with you," but 
take off one glove well, cover. With the Playboy it's bunnies. Good, it's good for the rest of us, Jared, the, my man. The okay. Playboy bunnies would specifically say, we're not going to sleep with you, but oh my God, it's Pavarotti. They would, they would say, say that? sing for us. And that's the way you make a love. Oh, okay. I understand. Well, I mean, I think that, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I feel like everybody is at least a little bit attracted to... Uh, people who are successful, people who are really good at what they do. Oh yeah, and so oh, I'm yeah. surprised. I'm surprised you didn't that the women weren't, um, you know, eager to be romantically and physically involved with you, Pavarotti, at the Playboy Mansion. Yes, yes. I mean, some things did happen, especially with Hugh making sure that you know Pavarotti had a little bit of fun. But most of the time, I just sat there and brushed a piece of toast with a butter brush <laughs> while people walked by, and then they would say. Pavarotti, it's your time to go on stage. And I would go on stage, leave the toast, and no sex would happen. Mm, interesting. I why I, mm. I have to ask about the toast with butter. It's so evocative. Mm. Like is that was that a regular thing? Like you mm. just sit there buttering toast? Like there are uh, so many hours of the day that mm. I am not singing. There are um eight a.m., nine a.m. Mm. And these, I, these are all hours of the day. These are all That's hours true. of the yeah. day. They're and, all hours, babe. <laughs> And I have to find things to do because my voice is already perfect. Mm -hmm. So I just have to find ways to while away the time. So you, so you butter toast. I butter toast. Interesting. And I do ships in a bottle. Uh, oh, oh, it's ships in a bottle guy. Is there a word for that? Is is just making little model ships in a bottle? Ships, little model ships in a bottle. There has to be a There's word. There's no for that. term for it, man. It's, it's, Everybody's tried to search for a term, Jared, and they haven't found everybody's it. Everybody's tried to come up with a term for building ships in I, bottles. I dare you to come up with a term. <laughs> All right, try let's it. See here. Try it. Try to just, come I up. Maybe you. if we take the root of like naval or something or maritime, and then something like a, um, like a contained like a mara. Uh, Time's up, my man. You okay? <laughs> if you can't think of no, it in under twenty seconds, it's not going to stick, time. my friend. It, it would be like a like a mara mara maritainment or something. Or Ooh. I don't know. Maritainment mar is mar uh, actually my fleet of uh, boats where I would take the grotto <laughs> into international waters. Oh, really? That's right. Were there yeah. things that you felt that you needed to get done? Out in the world that you couldn't take, that you couldn't do at your mansion because they were illegal. But so you needed to take it out into international waters so that you would feel unencumbered. Well, it's you know, uh, you know, when you are Hugh Hefner, baby, you know, uh, nothing, nothing's against the law for me. Mm -hmm. um, so it wasn't a law thing. You know, everybody, you know, I've I've had you know governors in in the grotto. I've had Pavarotti in the grotto. Mm -hmm. I've had you know. Pretty much everybody you can think you're, of. You're a powerful man. Think of in the grotto. And thank you for saying that, and I am a powerful man. <laughs> when you're a who Hefner, mm -hmm. all water is international water. All water, all water is, is international because I only water. Get, because all the water in the grotto is actually from uh, the parts between the Indian Ocean and the Atlantic Ocean. You specifically ship in the water from That's the international right. ocean zones. That's right, my man, because I can afford it. All right? <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty dope. That's, that's pretty right. dope. That's high that's class, right. man. Let's uh, let's move over to uh, Pavarotti here for a moment. So mm -hmm. you were one of the most famous opera singers in the world, still are, uh, mm -hmm. considered one of the finest tenors of the 20th century. Uh, you're probably <laughs> best known for your work as one of the three tenors. This mm -hmm. is a, a concert that you did with your, your fellow tenors, uh, Placido Domingo mm -hmm. and uh, Jose Carrera. So I'm saying those names correctly? Perfecto, Mandy. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, and so that would go on to be the biggest classical album, uh, biggest, biggest mm -hmm. selling classical album of all time. Can you tell us how that concert came together, that the three of you decided to do this project together? You're like, yeah. we're three tenors. We should do a show that's just the yes. three of us. Let's do something. Yes. Well, it started. We were friends that went walking together in mm -hmm. Florence. We were called the Walking Trio. And we would start. Sorry, you were called the Walking Trio. Yes. Yeah, so we were friends. We did not even know that the other one could sing. We were just friends. I'm sorry. So you're saying that the you and the other two tenors didn't know that you were singers. We together. were three walkers before we were three tenors. How, how did you how did you meet? You were you like part of a, a walking club? I put on the billboard on the on the community board <laughs> looking for friend for walking. Okay. And then I get phone call. This is back before email, before, before the internet. Before you can ping someone, can mm -hmm. ping me. 
ping, 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 ping. Oh yeah, we're pinging all the time these days. And, I love pinging. Pinging is great. Pinging it's is good, great, baby. baby. And I get these walking friends, and then we saw Stray Cat, and all three of us at the same time went, oh! and it. And that was how you discovered that you were all singers because the stray cat went yeah it's black <laughs> cat it was very scary in mm. italy there's not a lot of scary cat so the three of you were living together in florence and all just looking for someone to walk with mm-hmm. and you placed an ad in a bulletin and they they just happened to be community bulletin, bu- yes. community bulletin and they just happened to be the three people the two people that answered that that mm-hmm. ad mm-hmm. that's an incredible story so when you so when you discovered that the three of you were singers and that you both were very good and that you're all that you were tenors. Mm-hmm. That's when you decided or was it like a group decision or like uh, how, did, how did that come about exactly? Someone saw this moment with the cat, mm-hmm. a man with the uh, checkbook, and he saw us and he said, Oh, compare to Samantapoto. And he took us and he booked us a night. Oh, sorry, at the so local what does that mean in, in English? At the time, Would you you know, they don't know this, but I was uh, learning Italian at the time. Oh. And so, uh, and so I, I made sure to give him the check, you know? Oh, th- I'm sorry. This is a huge bombshell. So you were the man in the park with the checkbook, Hugh Hefner? I'm always the man in the park with the <laughs> checkbook, Jared, baby. <laughs> I built my business on that. I'm the guy in the grotto with the checkbook. I'm the guy in the park with the checkbook. I just, I just can't believe the the coincidence of this, uh-huh. where you were, you just happened to be in a park in Florence when three. Uh, okay. of three of the world's greatest tenors were walking down the street together. A black cat just happens to walk by, uh-huh. scares all three of them. They all sing a high note, uh-huh. and you say in Italian... What, I, say, what... I say molto bene, baby, because <laughs> I knew I knew that's... Uh, I, I, heard, I heard dollars and I heard cents, okay? Mm. And that made plenty of sense to me. Oh, interesting. Cool. All right. Wow. And, so, and so, I'm sorry, so I had asked what the translation was of what uh, Mr. Pavarotti had said, and you're saying that it was just... Moto bene, baby. It was cha-ching, my man. <laughs> he said, Morto bichinga, my man. Which loosely translates to uh, Buco de Nero. <laughs> Jared, my I man. I love how our translation just keeps on going to other languages that this is. Um, that's Yeah, that's an incredible, uh, incredible coincidence. So the two of you basically work together on the Three Tenors Tour, in addition to uh-huh. having Mr. Pavarotti at the Grotto at times. Uh-huh. Wow, yeah, that's, that's right. an incredible story. Yeah, it is. Um, are you, would you say that that's the thing that you're most proud of, Mr. Pavarotti? That, that this, Being uh, scared by cats? No, this Three Tenors Tour that you did together. Oh. It uh, was some of the most positive memories of my life. Mm-hmm. Me and two equally huge men each dabbing each other with a with the with the small cloth, a little handkerchief, and then so the, the, so oily, Jared, <laughs> so oily. It was that's more how you know when they're good, my man. It was that's more how, that's how you know when the tenors are good is that's when right. the, the cloths are oily. Never trust a dry tenor, okay? That is something I have on my wall. Is mm. never trust. Oh, that dry is it like tenor. a is it like one of those inspirational posters? Like you see like a vista, and then you see like below like never trust a, a dry tenor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Because I, you know, everyone knows me for my, you know, uh, you know, um, I'll say it, uh, nudie magazines. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure, and those type of pictures. But I also do a line of inspirational posters with oh, really? with with the tenors. And what I like to do is I like to get them in a ba- in a in a bathtub with baby oil, and then they come out, and then they hang on a what looks like a branch, mm-hmm. okay? And then I put right at the bottom, don't ever trust a dry tenor, baby. And then I... Oh, okay. That's right, sign almost sealed, like by the, Hugh. Almost like the iconic cat hanging that's from right. a limb. You put the three tenors up there covered in oil. That's mm-hmm. right. Oh, wow, this is interesting. I'd love to hear more of the uh, inspirational inspirational quotes. Sure. Like, were there others besides never trust a dry tenor, or was it all just never trust it a dry tenor? It was a couple tenor? of things. Sometimes I like to, uh, sometimes I like to make Pavarotti, uh, you know, Stand up really quickly in a bit in a in a sort of a kiddie pool filled with uh, you know baby oil, and uh, and I make them jump up so you can sort of see you know top bush and it's and <laughs> at the bottom it says always hit the high. <laughs> so you really true. wanted to, you really wanted to see a little bit of a uh, a little bit of uh, something That's scandalous. Right. That's right. You know, just everything that you do have to have to have a tinge of the scandal to it. Well, because it sells, Jared. You it know? does sell. I mean, it's an, an intrusive, and you know, I'm not breaking news by saying that. You know, mm-hmm. um, uh, everything from you know Coca Cola to uh, you know. Uh, Saltine crackers has mm. a, has a little bit of uh, you know scandal. A little bit of scandal. A little bit of sex in it. A well-rounded yeah. you know. meal. Uh, a well-rounded. <laughs> 
I'm sorry. Do you think Coca-Cola and saltines is a, is a good meal? Oh, my. There's not so a lot of nutrition in that. for your voice. Is it so good for your voice? Uh, so good for your energy level. You know what I'd love to ask you, Pavarotti? This is the first opera singer that I've had in the studio so far. Mm. And I heard a rumor. Oh, you know, this is not. Let me get my checkbook this out. This is not about any, either of you specifically, but I heard a rumor that there's a practice that opera singers will go through in order to have, like, perform performance, they will, they, they want to have, like, a nice open throat. And so some opera singers will perform oral sex on someone before a show that the, so that the pipes will be nice and open. I'm sure, I'm sure this is just a rumor. This is an old wives' tale, you know. But, uh, you know, since, since you're an opera singer, I thought maybe you could confirm or deny this for us. Well. It is a rumor that people have been spreading for a very long time, and I am here to say, on the record... It's true. It is true that opera singers perform oral sex on people to open their throats before performances. It is completely true. You're saying this? Did you do we this We do practice? it to each other. Oh. The three tenors open each other's throats with each other. You guys would like make a little little oral sex triangle with each mm -hmm. other so that you could each open each other's throats with Absolutely. each other's genitals. Wow, that's and incredible. And then you let a cat into the room. <laughs> I realize that cat and was we all want... I didn't realize they were such an integral part of this. Um, if you're just joining us, this is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guests today are uh, Italian opera singer known for his work with the three tenors, Luciano Pavarotti. Hello. And uh, 20th Century Magazine publisher and iconic American playboy, Hugh Hefner. Thanks for having me on the show, Jared Baby. No, I'm it's honored. A, it is a pleasure, and I'm really glad that we could get to the bottom of that uh, uh, oral sex oral sex rumor. I just thought it was so, I don't know, it's scandalous. Uh, uh -huh. it, it just, it, it, it dripped of urban legend to me. But I guess if you're saying it's true, then it's true. Fine choice of words, Jared. <laughs> you know, I regretted it almost immediately. Uh, let me ask you, Mr. Hefner. So you graduated uh -huh. uh, from college in 1949 with a bachelor's degree in psychology. Uh -huh. And obviously you never went into the field of psychology, but did you ever feel as though... Uh -huh. In your professional career, you took advantage of some of the things that you learned while you were studying psychology in college. Uh -huh. Well, you know, in, in a lot of my psychology courses uh, at, at college, my man, you know, I, you know, I didn't really uh, excel a lot because I was always raising my hand and I would say, okay, but uh, when, when are we going to have some fun in here? Okay, when are we going to open it up and get some Chianti and mm -hmm. some and some Ooh. velvet couches and uh, and Ooh. when is that? When is is anyone going to get wet here today? No. Okay, great. And then mm. I would walk out. Um, but um, and also, and, and yet you graduated, and yet you, you I graduated. managed to graduate with a major in psychology. Well, you know, money talks, and money's always talked or spoken, I should say. Mm -hmm. And um, but I did take something uh, very important from psychology. And that's that, uh, you know, wet butts are the best thing in the world. <laughs> and that's something that uh, that I learned in psychology. And that's something I learned in college. I, I just know, want to be clear. I don't, know, I don't know about you guys. I just want to clarify something. So you saying that you learned in your psychology class that wet butts, mm -hmm. uh, you, said, you said cells or, or? It's the best thing. It's the best thing. Wet butts are the best thing. That's right. The what best. did you What did you learn this in psychology? Because I took a couple of psych classes when I was in college and I I didn't hear that specifically in any of my courses. You didn't hear that once? I did not <laughs> a single time. Well, no. you need to get your fucking money back immediately, okay? Because right. look at what I have, you know? I mean, mm -hmm. it's pretty, it's pretty uh, you know, uh, impossible to see, you know, mm -hmm. when you look at the swings and you look at the, you know, uh, inflatable uh, bounce house, wet bounce houses that I have and mm -hmm. some of the, you know, um, I'm part owner of the Hooters airline, you know, so... Uh, oh, okay. So obviously, you know, uh, I feel like my philosophy rings true. You know? I, listen, I'm not saying that there's not truth to wet butts are the best thing okay. in the world. I mean, where did I, you go? I mean, where, where did you take psychology? Oh, well, I, I went to college at Kenyon, which is a small college in Ohio. Ooh, you know, it's, it's a pretty good. Yeah. No, not Kenya, oh, the college. Not, not Kenya. The, it's not the Africa. country. No, it's a. Pavarotti. <laughs> 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 I needed to give the auto set. Mm -hmm. You need to open up those bites a little bit. You sound incredible. I don't think you need any more. Uh, Next time, get today. your degree in America, Jared. Okay. I know that's, it, a, it that's did. a criminal did. mistake. Kenyon is not. It, it's a. It's a college in America. It's in Ohio. Kenya is different. It's a. It's a. It's a country in Africa. Um, but that's that's neither here nor there. Sure. Um, so can you can you tell me uh -huh. the psychological principle that sort of like outlined. The theory of wet butts are the best thing in the world. Like, okay, great. We'll know. take. Uh, so uh, you've seen um, 
really take anything. You take any school of thought, right? Mm-hmm. So let's take uh, Schrodinger's cat, right? Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. fantastic. You've heard of Schrodinger, Schrodinger's, Schrodinger's cat. cat? It's more of a, uh, a theoretical physics sure, uh, thought sure, experiment, sure, sure. but well, you know, we can we can. Well, then again, this is coming from someone who went to school in Kenya. You know, so Kenyan. anyway, so anyway, Kenyan. so you take Schrodinger's cat, and um, and so the cat, the the, the thing is, you take a cat. Right, mm-hmm. you put some poison uh, in the box. You put the cat in the box, yes. and then there's some sort of mumbo jumbo, and I'm supposed to learn about, uh, you know, uh, who I am as a person from that. You know what I mean? <laughs> and see, and so, and, and as I'm explaining it, who's having fun? Is, is anybody having Pavarotti? Are you having fun? I am not having fun. Yeah, he's not mm-hmm. having fun. I wish Jared's... there was a wet button fall. <laughs> <laughs> and just like that. And just, just like, like that. that, and just like that. So That's I mean, interesting. I really, really, there's it... anything else. I mean, take the take the tree falling in the woods. You know, Pavarotti, okay. you've heard this. Oh, That's also more of a tree, philosophy. The tree thing. falling in the woods mm-hmm. again. A psychology well, thing. Okay, well, all right. So tree falling uh, in the woods. So tree falling in the woods. You know, tree falls in the woods. Does anybody hear it? You know, mm-hmm. um, I say, uh, you know, who gives a crap? When are the when? Are, you know, is there is there going to be girls involved? Yeah, Mr. Mr. Hefner. With all due respect, I feel like uh, these aren't things that you learned because somebody taught you. It feels like these are just thoughts that you had while someone was trying to teach you something else. Is that okay. not a fair assessment? Okay, Would well, you not agree uh, with that? Uh, well, you know, what else is fair? Uh, this fistful of $100 bills that I'm waving in your face right now. <laughs> I'm sorry, so you want to so pay me to just agree with your point? Is that right? Take it or leave it. I will take it. I can always use a fistful of honeys. Let's go back to Pavarotti here for just a moment. Uh, so according to Wikipedia, your father was a tenor as well, but he decided not to pursue a singing career because of nervousness. But hmm. it doesn't specify... If that's nervousness like stage fright or nervousness like what if I can't support my family with singing, would you mind shedding some light onto this? Like what what exactly yes. was your father nervous about that he didn't pursue oh. a career in singing? Just a channel, Pavarotti was a very disturbed man. I'm sorry, did you say just a just a channel? Just a channel. Just a channel. Just a channel. <laughs> I didn't know that's what his name was, but okay, yeah, go ahead. That was my father. Yes, yes, that's what you I You asked about my father. I did ask about your father, yes. He would wake up and he was sweat. And he would mm. go to sleep. He was sweating. He was a very sweaty, wet man, like the wet butt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now I'm listening. And <laughs> he was so wet and sweaty all the time that he would try to sing at the local concert hall, mm. and he would be dripping and sweating, and he would slip and slide, and ultimately the nerves, the fear, the adrenaline, got in the way of him. Delivering his gift. Now, here's the thing is that we have learned earlier in this uh, interview that that you want a tenor to be wet. And so I would think that all this sweat coming out of your father would be a positive thing for being a tenor. Is that, is that not the case? He was a bass. Oh, he was a bass. Oh my God! Joseph John was a bass. That's such a that's. I don't know what the Weber says. He said it was a, he said he said it was a tenor, but I mean you would know better than than. Uh, I know Joseph You you know your father. And he was a bass, and he was a wet bass. And I guess you don't want a wet bass. Dry, dry bass. Dry bass. Dry as a bone. Wet tenor, wet butt. Mm-hmm. Okay, it sounds like there's a very specific crispy baritone. chart that you <laughs> crispy baritone, like a fried baritone. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay, so he would get too nervous. He would sweat. He would become a wet base, which is bad. You wet don't base. want that. Right. And so his performances would suffer because of that. Suffer. People mm. would walk out. They would say, "I don't want to see that." And they would walk out, and they would go instead, and they would uh, eat the olives instead of uh, watching my father, Joseph Chano. So Joseph Chano, he starts small boating company, and he's much more comfortable because mm. the boat's gonna float. The boats are gonna float. You do the right ergonomic. Engineering, the boats mm-hmm. are going to float. The though. boats are going to float. And so do you think that maybe, you know, watching your dad build these boats to to support your family? That's a nice little analogy there, actually. The boats are supporting people in water and also supporting your family. Like, that's how, that's how you're... You could say I'm a maritainment uh, maybe guy. Maybe that's you what could, informed yeah. your love of making those little ships in the bottles, Mr. Mm-hmm. Mr. Pavarotti. That's, right. say, that's a fair connection, right? Pop, 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 pop. All right, Pavi Pavi Baby was one of actually the, uh, one of the best entertainers on my maritain oh. boats. I mean, it was him, and I don't, and I'm not saying that because you're in the room. I do mean that. I do, I, I do, I mean that. I mean, you're in the, you're in a league, you're in a league with uh, Hollywood Hulk Hogan, and uh, and uh, 
O.J. Simpson before he got in all that uh, trouble, you know? Ooh. What would O.J. Simpson do on the boat oh, as the entertainer? My like, God, to entertain what the wouldn't he do, people? Jared? What would Tell he do? Tell me about and it. He will, I mean, he'd do so he much. He was a charmer. Fun. He was a Pavarotti was there, obviously. He'd come on uh, <laughs> He'd come on and do this gun dance all the time. A gun dance? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so real funny. Guns? Yeah. Oh, so real, you were yeah, there on the yeah, boat also. Guns. I was, was in the there. corner dabbing myself in the bread. That's right. That's right. We give him a corner to dab. Mm-hmm. But he'd come on and, uh, you know, he'd play sax for a little bit. And then he'd uh, he'd uh, read uh, manuscripts from, uh, you know, that book, uh, If I Did It, How I Do It and Why. So he'd come Wait, on. Wait, so this he'd, is before the murder. On, he'd come on. Yeah, well, you know, he it's before the murder, written, but he had already written it. He had yeah, written, yeah, he had already written, written the book, If I Did It, Before the Murders Happened? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That come is on really damning. Get, I'm surprised that that, didn't, that wasn't part of the, uh, part of the original the original trial evidence, you know. Uh-huh. Well, again, money talks, like I've said before. <laughs> and he'd come on and he'd do stage readings mm-hmm. and uh, you know, staged performances of some of the of some of the scenes from the book. And the and so that's when the gun dance comes in. Interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah, Interesting right. because yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. didn't use a gun in the murders unless unless I uh, you know un- unless there's a different interpretation of events in uh-huh. the book than we traditionally know happened during the murders was a knife and had the glove and uh-huh. blood well, that's everywhere. because oj didn't do it my man <laughs> that's that's because he didn't do it and this so, was this was if he and did so it. just by this coincidence was if he, did it. he happened to write a book about two about murders two murders uh-huh. that he might have done uh-huh. but then uh, two, two other people did it he was gonna do it with a gun this other person did it with a knife instead case closed wow yeah case closed yeah. and then of course Diplo would come in and we all and we all party all that. Diplo yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. which who, who by the way has nothing on Pavarotti by the way nothing mm-hmm. on me yeah he used a sample <laughs> I am of the sample <laughs> we well, all need someone to lean on uh, Mr. Pavarotti, it's 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 it is a and it is a rare pleasure to be able to hear those pipes. Um, but I wanted to ask you if there was any animosity between you and your father because you obviously went on to have this incredible uh, singing career, this thing that your father desperately wanted to do but couldn't because of nervousness. Mm, like, yes. did, did was there any tension that arose between the two of you? Yes, we would fight and I kick her and scream. Josiano would weep like a baby. Mm. Sometimes I hold my father in my arms. And he would just, and then I would go, and he would just cry and cry. And he would say, you cannot come on my boat. You cannot come on my boat. And I would say, but Papa, I'm doing your career. You cannot be proud for me. And he would go, I am not proud of you. Because I was supposed to be the one singing. And then. And and then, and then a cat walked in the room. <laughs> it's just so weird. The coincidences in this episode is really mind-boggling. And, and then a cat would walk in, them, and you guys were singing together. It's almost as though that interaction between you and your dad, where you're working out the issues of um, of the animosity that it has between you and, and and him and in your successful career and his failed career of, of being a singer, it, it feels like its own little opera. It feels like its own, uh-huh. and, then, and the fact that it ends in singing and has so much singing in it, it, it you know, I, I think that that should be written. I think that that should be performed. Uh-huh. You know, if I if I presented you with a, with a libretto for this opera that was about the relationship between you and your father, and that ended with a cat coming in and you guys singing, is that something that you would be interested in performing, Mister Pavarotti? Might have to run it through my publicist agent. Okay, I know. Let's see it, Listen, baby. I know, Let's see. Open I, the briefcase. Let me see the green. I know, Jared, baby. I know a Hollywood no when I hear one. I I got to run it through my publicist. I got to give it to my people. That's uh-huh. uh, I'm not interested. And you know what, Mr. Pro- I I appreciate you being on the we show. I mean, the Venice, yes. <laughs> Jared, my man, you're asking him to relive his experience with his father, baby. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jared. Well, I mean, I mean, like, I mean, what's your experience with your daddy? Okay, it's pretty good. We're not, we're not. We had a good relationship, but again, you this isn't about. Dad. This show isn't about me. It's not about getting into my life. It's about you guys and and finding okay. out. You know, you you two are the incredible people. You know, you you're the icons that oh, okay. uh, you know people want to know about. Um, unfortunately, we have to take a short break. Um, but okay. I'd love to talk more about you know this possible collaboration i don't usually try to like work with my guests or on anything but i do think there's something here maybe we could uh flush it out or anything it, it doesn't matter we'll talk about it later uh but we gotta take a short break we'll be right back with uh hugh hefner and luciana pavarotti on famous dead people stay with us famous dead people famous dead people 
Hey, everybody, just want to take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or whatever app you are using to listen to podcasts. Rate us five stars, leave a comment, tell your friends. All that stuff helps us out a ton. And feel free to hit us up at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org if you want a specific famous dead person on the show or if you have any comments that you want to shoot over to us, whatever we love hearing from fans. Uh, also, check out my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now. It is hilarious. I hope that you will check that out and read that and uh, leave reviews, awesome reviews on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com or whatever and tell your friends to read it because it's super funny and I want that money. Also, go check out jaredbarrenson.com for all the latest on my show dates and uh, up-to-date project information. And lastly, if you really like Famous Dead People and you want to send us some money to help keep the show on the air, go to radiofreebrooklyn.org slash famousdeadpeople and click on the support the show button. Thanks again for listening and now back to the podcast. Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jared Berenson, and we are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests in the studio today are Italian opera singer, the Italian opera singer known for his work with the three tenors, Luciano Pavarotti. Hello, Jared. And uh, 20th century magazine publisher and iconic American playboy, Hugh Hefner. Thank you for having me on the show, Jared, baby. It's it is... an absolute velvet time. <laughs> So that's a that is quite a turn of phrase there. I like that a lot. Uh-huh. Um, but let me ask you, uh, um, uh, Mr. Hefner. So you were a copywriter uh-huh. at Esquire before you left to go uh, oh, yeah. start your own magazine, which would be called Playboy. Uh-huh. Um, Thank you so much. You left Esquire because they denied you a five dollar raise. That's right. And I'm wondering about how exactly this transpired because I'm wondering if you had the idea for the magazine and you're like, I'll start my magazine if I don't get my raise or uh-huh. did you like leave in a huff and we're brainstorming like, Oh, what am I going to do? How am I going to survive? And then you came up with the idea for the magazine. Well, there was actually like a bunch of stuff that I actually demanded. First off, I demanded cigars be smoked indoors. Oh, so, so it wasn't just the $5. It wasn't raise, just the $5. Oh, I wanted, okay. I wanted cigar smoking from everybody indoors. I wanted more secretaries. Okay. I wanted a <laughs> private train that got, to me to the basement of the building so I could take the elevator up from the private train and I wanted okay. and I wanted Mr. Hurst to come into my office and offer it to me personally. Interesting. All right. Okay. And I oh yeah, and I'm sorry, and I also wanted trampolines that uh you could tramp you could jump in into uh pools and uh and I also wanted uh instead of office chairs, I wanted them to all to be uh sort of psychedelic beanbag chairs covered in velvet. <laughs> And so okay. after they oh. and so and so after they turned me down on all of those, I go, well can I at least get five fucking dollars in this place? <laughs> And they go, uh, and they go. Sorry, Hugh. And also, put out that long cigarette. And I go. Guess what, Esquire? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to move to California, and I'm going to start a nudie mag that everyone's going to lie and say that they read the articles. Here's mm-hmm. a hint: there are no articles. Okay, <laughs> oh, it's all it's all go- it's all gobbledygook. Okay, it's all. Uh, Wait, I'm if sorry. You, if you mash your elbow on a keyboard for about three hours, <laughs> that's most of the articles on Playboy. I'm sorry. Okay? You're saying that, and there... I put those guys in the ground, and that's where they are now. Es- Sorry, well, go ahead. Well, Esquire Jared. still exists. Esquire is still a magazine. Oh, yeah, does it? Oh, yeah. When's it, the last time you bought a copy of Esquire magazine? I don't think I've okay. ever bought Or a- gone to Esquire.com, okay? <laughs> I, I think I have been to Esquire.com, actually, because I wanted to uh, to look up some cool fashion tips. You know, Ooh, I thought that, that would be Look up some cool, cool fashion tips. Cool take it, fashion take tips. it to Refinery29, <laughs> my man. Okay? <laughs> I'm just curious, um, because all these demands that you made, first of all, that's good negotiating, right? Uh-huh. Like, you want to start high. That's right. You know, and then you, you sort of land somewhere in the middle so you start with something that's a little bit extreme uh-huh. knowing that you're going to get negotiated down a little bit and i'm sure that you did similar things in your career oh. as well mr Pavarotti. Pavarotti's writer for the boat is insane but i but i fulfill it every time because he's because he's the best on the planet you didn't negotiate with mr Pavarotti, is what you're saying no 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 i give i give Pavarotti what he wants oh wow so like mm-hmm. what were some of the things that you used to ask for before you performed somewhere mr Pavarotti? oh well sometimes i i get the private olive oil jacuzzi in Ooh, my suite. that's great for your skin it is great for my skin and very very wet butt. <laughs> Very wet butt. Signed, sealed, delivered, Jared. Uh, some fun time with the Olsen twins. I'm uh, sorry. Part of your writer was having a threesome with the Olsen twins. Yeah, that was a little. Yeah, that was a little tough. But I got the job done, Jared. I mean, it's international waters, so. But that's horrific. They were. They were children back then. They didn't turn 18 until like 1999 or something like that, right? It was 1999. <laughs> it was a much different time. Yeah. It was okay, 1999. They were, they were, it was consent. It was good stuff. <laughs> 
And it was fun time, is what I said. Not three. three I, guess, I can't it believe. Was, uh, oh, so it was fun times. What exactly do you yeah. mean, fun times? We watched their movies together. Oh my God. You I, have a nasty brain, Jared. I really yeah, do. Jared. I, I, not everyone's a goddamn sicko like you, Jared. <laughs> I immediately went to sex. I can't believe what you meant was that you just watched all of the movies that the Olsen twins made together on mm-hmm. this boat. That's incredible. New yep. York Minute is my favorite. New York Minute is a pretty yeah, good because one. What else would you want to do with the Olsen twins besides have sex with them? Your words, Jared. <laughs> You, you know what? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, credit. Uh, uh, you know, I confess uh, that was a very not progressive thing that I thought, and uh, mm-hmm. I have learned from this experience. So, thank you, Pavarotti and, and Hugh Hefner, for for uh, holding my hand through that. I, I really am a changed and better person. I've grown a lot. Um, okay. Okay. Let me ask you. So, we were talking about um, this five dollar raise. Uh, so, you know, the 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 Playboy magazine, that whole. Uh, thing was was almost part of your negotiating strategy. Did you expect them to say no? At least we'll give you the five dollar raise, and then don't go start your magazine. Or was that just like now? I'm now I'm off, and now I'm doing it. Well, I want. Well, it was revenge, mm-hmm. and I would. I mean, I I thought I would at least get the uh, the trampolines and uh, the beanbag chairs and the cigar smoking indoors. Mm-hmm. I thought that's what I was at least going to get. Okay. You know, and plus the five dollars because you know <laughs> who doesn't have five dollars lying around? I mean, I have. <laughs> Ten thousand on me right now, Pavarotti. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't know how much you have. Yeah, you gave me three hundred to agree with you, like like ten minutes ago or something. I forget yeah, about yeah, what even, yeah, but yeah, I have yeah. gold bullion in my jacket. I'm sorry, Pavarotti. You have gold bullion in your jacket. Mm-hmm. Why? That's how I pay for everything. You pay for everything with gold bullion. Little chips, off, I chip it off. I say this fifteen dollars, fifteen euro, <laughs> fifteen dollars worth of gold bullion. He eyeballs it. He eyeballs it. <laughs> I go, ah, ah, ah. Okay. Has this was is this something that you only did when you were successful, or has this just been your entire life? You would pay for oh, things. With, you just pay for things with gold. Mm-hmm. Well, just Giano used to get paid and the gold bullion mm. for um South for the boats Prince, that he was making. South, what for the boats that he was making? For the boats that he would make, and he put the boat in the water, and if the boat don't float, it don't go. So he would <laughs> give me the bullion. He would give me the bullion, and I would use it about town and the baker and the butcher and the the baker's butcher. All the different ways that you could spend money. Mm-hmm. Yes, I understand that. <laughs> I just really like that expression. If the boat don't float, then it don't goat. Is it don't right? goat. Then it's a, it might as well be a goat. It might man. as well be a goat. Okay. Um. So, Mr. Pavarotti. So uh, I read that uh, you developed a nodule on your mm. vocal cords that uh, your biography describes as the nodule caused a disastrous concert in Ferrara. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm wondering what exactly that means by disastrous concert, because I'm assuming like the nodule made you like miss some high notes or something and that that's the disaster. Is that, is that what happened? Mm -hmm. Okay. And so I would sing and it sounded like, um, uh, old transmission in a car. Like a bad engine. Yeah, like... Gotcha. And so everyone was so upset about this. They're like, this is not a good opera concert that we wanted to pay for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the nodule then goes away, and when it did, your voice was better. Mm-hmm. That's what the Wikipedia says. Yes. That's incredible. Like, it's a gift from God so that I appreciate what I have. I don't drink too much anymore. Mm-hmm. I get enough sleep. I don't scream at my interns as mm-hmm. much as I used to. I still do. <laughs> but I mean, how, how can you not, Pav? What are they there for but to scream how at? How can you not? You yeah. know, I, I tell them, what are you here for if not to get me a Pacino? And uh, they they usually end up crying and leaving early. Mm-hmm. But I um, <clears throat> it's there's nothing like an injury to remind you how beautiful the gift uh-huh. when God gave wow. you is. Just like when Hugh bent himself down there. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, baby. when you bent yourself down oh, there? Oh, yeah, baby. I I, mean, listen, I, I have a really dirty mind, as we as we discovered very recently. My uh, mind immediately goes to, you got a bent penis, and that's the injury that he's referring to. But uh, I don't want to assume well, that. Sure, well... Well, you uh, do actually have one of the dirtiest minds in the game, I baby. Think that's and true. I, I think you do. I and think I slipped up once. And uh, but in terms of this story, uh, so I was having uh, a three-way with China and uh, uh, Marla Maples uh, in the grotto, and uh, I remember, oh, I remember boy. just then, uh, Ric Flair came in and he goes, "Hey, uh, eight <laughs> balls in the uh, in the den." Uh, Sammy Davis just brought some eight balls. Anybody wow. want to do something? I don't know what, what, and Marla, what year this Marla is. Marla Maples uh, cranes her neck up and she goes, uh, leave some for me, baby. <laughs> and she immediately got up 
And you know, you know, in the grotto, like things happen. Obviously, in the grotto, Pav, you've been there, Jared. Oh. Maybe, maybe one day, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and it did, uh, it did bend it perpendicular. It so did, she, yeah, because she s- got up too fast. Uh, we were all addicted to cocaine back then, and uh, yeah. balls of cocaine. And um, Ric Flair was probably the worst uh, offender of all of us. He was also the, you know, him and Sammy were our were our hookups, baby. Him, so you know? Sammy Davis Jr. and Ric Flair. That's right, baby. Wow, yeah, that's an incredible combo. I had no idea the two of them. You never met him in your life. Sammy Davis or Ric Flair? No, uh-huh. I haven't met either of those people. Oof, God, class A gentleman. Have, I gotta have Sammy Davy on uh, Dave on the show. You that should. would be incredible. You guess. should, my man. Because... I gotta get my intern on that. Would you mind writing that down for me? Just like a. Uh, mm-hmm. That I should have Sammy Davis on the show at some point in the future. He I don't want to do forget it if about you that. don't scream at him. I, you know, I, 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 I don't like to scream at my interns on the air. Just try it. Give uh, it a try, baby. Hey, listen, it's great. All right, I, I feel bad for Andrew. Like he works really hard and everything, but um, uh-huh. all right, let's see here. Andrew, just fucking write it down. Is that better? I like the F, but you got to get it up, man. <laughs> got to got to be a little more forceful with it. You got to get it up, yeah, Andrew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andrew. There is that is. better? There it is. He's actually that? writing faster now. That's he's really impressive. He's writing faster and he's yes. crying. See that? <laughs> yeah. His career it depends works. on it. I feel it. really bad about that. You shouldn't feel really bad. Listen, I, you know, when I was an intern at Esquire, I was always getting yelled at. Mm-hmm. Half, pull, pull it up. Half, <laughs> pull, pull it, it up. Pull it down. Half, <laughs> stop smoking. Half, what the hell's the matter with you? You're six days late. You know, mm-hmm. this is stuff that I heard all the time, baby. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I'll tell you what the thing I love most about that Ric Flair, Sammy Dave, how you bent your penis story. Th- uh-huh. That is what the story is, right? And that mm-hmm. is, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just yeah. want to make sure that my, my dirty mind isn't uh, creating connections where there aren't. Is that, you know, that seems like that was just part of your regular life. Like, you know, that wasn't a the wildest Saturday that you ever had. That was probably a Tuesday, right? Is that a fair, uh, is that a fair that assumption at, for me to make? That was at Wednesday at 4 p.m. <laughs> it's incredible that you remember uh-huh. that. Um, so let me ask you, um, so Playboy was an instant success, Mr. Hefner. Thank you. Yes, it was. All right. The first issue featured naked pictures of Marilyn Monroe, uh-huh. uh, but you did this without her permission. You didn't give her any money uh-huh. from the sale of the issue. And she even said in her biography that in order to see the pics, she had to buy a copy herself. Uh-huh. How do you justify that? That seems particularly okay, well, damaging, mean, and exploited, even for a pornographic magazine. And thank you for asking me this question. That was actually a, a hilarious prank <laughs> that I was pulling on Marilyn. It's really mean. <laughs> we, <laughs> yeah. Are you really laughing at that, Pavarotti? No. <laughs> I'm thinking about a funny piece of dough I was watching earlier. I'm sorry, you are thinking of a funny piece of dough. It fell uh-huh. off the table so hilariously. Sometimes the dough falls off and it looks like funny things. And it does look like funny things. Things that sometimes. a monkey's banana, stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the not funny at all story. So, okay, yes. so you were, so just be in the moment with us, Luciano Pavarotti. He's telling us about how he exploited Marilyn Monroe. Well, you say exploited, I say ribbing, you know. That's just a fun thing. I'm I sure you, I'm sure, good I'm sure, I'm sure you, like with your friends, you know, it's, uh, uh-oh, uh, oh. you know, I, I didn't uh, pay you back your Venmo request or, you know, uh, I bought the licensing to your music, and now if you know you don't own your own voice, stuff like that. You <laughs> no, know? those are terrible when you, pranks. When you make, those when are you, really mean. When you make enough those. money, these are pranks. You know, talk to the Beatles. You know, the Beatles have to deal with this stuff all the time. Michael Jackson pulled this prank on so many people. Was that know? a prank though? Did, did, did yes, Michael Jackson yes. like steal that music from the Beatles? Didn't he just buy it? Yeah, as a joke. As a joke. As a joke. I imagine, mean, I don't... imagine imagine me buying, which you know I might imagine me buying this podcast studio and everything you've ever made. Like, isn't that pretty funny? You it's, know, I mean, isn't that would, pretty nuts? It would kind of break my heart a little bit because you know I work really hard and you know I want to own the material that I make. I don't yeah. even know how you would purchase that without my knowledge or consent because like I own everything. Well, have you ever seen the founder? I have not seen the founder with, yeah, uh, with Michael, Michael Keaton. Keaton it's about... a beautiful movie about a man who steals McDonald's from <laughs> that's a, two so that's like, wholesome people. So you think the founder is like a big Jackass style movie? This is like a one long. I mean, prank. it's not as funny as Jackass. <laughs> Jackass. Jackass is one of the funniest TV shows and movies of all time. Funniest mm, movie ever. Movie trilogy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really. Right. So you and say I, that... and I tried to buy Pavarotti's music. It's too rich for my blood. Couldn't really. Do that couldn't you, do it. That was the one price couldn't that you couldn't yeah, achieve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much were you willing? How much did you did you quote? For Mr. Hefner to buy your music that he he wouldn't pay for it. A ton? One ton of gold bullion. One ton of I don't even know how much that would be. I had just under, Jared. <laughs> I had just under. You had slightly under one ton of bullion. Otherwise uh-huh. you would have bought everything that Pavarotti had ever done. 
Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. So you had to buy it back. I don't know what the rules are for rich people. I guess it's just like a different type of... No rules. Does this... Because you were a pretty wealthy guy. Borderline no rules. (laughs) You were a pretty wealthy guy in your life, Mr. Pavarotti. Mm. Uh, Do these sound like funny pranks to you? Like, if somebody did this to you, would you be like, oh, that's a a good one? You put diesel in your friend's jet. (laughs) Instead of jet fuel, which is what it needs. Yeah, you you detune all of Metallica's guitars right before they walk on stage. Mm -hmm. Well, that seems more like a classic prank, you know? Yeah. and no, also, but then, but then they, you know, you, you have to give all the customers their money back, baby. That's mm-hmm. that's money out of Metallica's uh, pocket, baby. I was gonna make the joke, like you know, but then who would even be able to tell? Am I right? Uh-huh. Whoa, burn. Uh-huh. <laughs> those guys are very sensitive. I wouldn't say that around. Well, if yeah. any of them die, I'll have them on the show, and I can apologize. But okay, <clears throat> I think they're gonna live forever. Okay. Um, well, but yeah, it seems like uh, I don't want to keep harping on this, but it really seems uh-huh. like it was a mean thing for you to do to Marilyn Monroe. Uh-huh. Like it, de- like you guys didn't have a good relationship. You didn't really know each other. Um, you, you never really met her in your life. Uh-huh. Uh, it just seemed, it seems like you kind of like took something from her that didn't belong to you. Well, she got me back because she, uh, Ooh, she pranked you. She as well. pranked me. She came over and she stole, uh, two plates from my house. <laughs> so it really doesn't all's fair, all, all, all's fair that ends well. You know, I say if you're uh, just joining us, uh, here on Radio Free Brooklyn, you are listening to famous dead people. And my guests today are. Uh, 20th Century Magazine publisher and iconic American playboy Hugh Hefner. Thank you so much, Jared, for having me on. It's a silky time. (laughs) And Italian opera singer, the Italian opera singer known for his work with the three tenors, Luciano Pavarotti. Asabuco. So let me ask you, (laughs) Mr. Pavarotti, so you struggled in the opera world for a while until a singer named Joan Sutherland Mm. sought you out because she was looking for a young tenor who was taller than herself for a tour in Australia. Is that correct? Yes. Joan Sutherland was tiny lady mm-hmm. with um, fur all over. And she, mean come, she used to wear fur. She had a nice thin layer of fur all over her body. Oh, so she was like a furry person. She was a cat. And she <laughs> would come, she came up to me and she said, I am looking for a tenor. And I need one who is taller than me. Mm. And uh, she said, uh, <clears throat> well, you said she she ended up booking me yes. around around yes. Italy. And, uh, you know, I did I did exactly what I was doing before when I was struggling. But because she would scare me, she would come in the, the theater in the back. And this was right before I was supposed to sing some boring sonata, mm-hmm. aria, whatever. But she would into the back of the, the venue. Mm-hmm. And I would go, and people would weep and throw their children at me mm-hmm. and mortgage their homes so they could give me more money. So they would just mortgage their homes to give you money? More money, and they wow. would send it to me in gold. Wow, that's, I mean, it's very sweet of them. I, I assumed that this was a woman. I assumed that Joan Sutherland was a human being that was also an opera singer, but you're saying that she was a cat that was looking for a tenor to take on tour? Mm-hmm. That's as, incredible. As Hugh says, all fails that ends well. I'm sorry, as, as who says? Hugh earlier. Hugh Hefner, CEO <laughs> of Playboy Mag, baby. As he says, all fails what? You 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 hear him earlier. Mm-hmm. About a minute or two ago, he did not say all's well that the ends are well. Mm-hmm. He said all fails that ends well. All fails that ends well. I actually, I don't know if I heard that during the interview. Did you say that, Mr. Hefner? Rewind the tape, baby. All <laughs> all fails well that ends well. All, that's why that's I don't lost. even know what that means, though. All fails well that ends well? Uh-huh. That's I, right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I guess, I guess it's, I mean, you have to, you know. <laughs> If you can afford it, you know, you get it. You gotcha. Know, yeah, yeah. Again, this is just rich people rules that I just uh-huh. don't understand. I just yeah. don't understand uh-huh. how that world works. And one thing I would like to say is that John Sutherland was very affordable person was- to bring on tour. She only eat fancy feast mm. and she is very um keep the keep the rodents away. Mm. So she's a very helpful manager, touring oh, manager. That's incredible. I yeah, yeah, this is just the, the Wikipedia is completely off on that. It does not say that she was a cat. It doesn't say that she was managing you. Uh, I, I assume that she was a tall woman because she was looking for someone who was who was big, and she found you because of that. Taller but... than her? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. No, he's a cat. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Um, but I also saw on the Wikipedia that she was sort of like your uh, de facto benefactor for a little while. Mm-hmm. So she would like show you the ropes like around the opera scene and recommend you to other people. Mm-hmm. Yes, she would walk me in when someone was vocalizing mm-hmm. and go. 
you stop it. This is Pavarotti. The cat and would the, say this. Yes. And and the person would go, I, I don't, I, I, I don't. And I would walk in and then I would out sing them and they would say, oh, this is a singer. Mm-hmm. So many tenors who are already doing very well in Florence, Rome, uh, Venice, uh, they would stop and they would substitute me. For their show. So so this cat would walk you into rooms. You would sing because you were scared of the cat. Mm-hmm. It was this weird through line through your career, which I had no idea existed. Um, and you were you would you were so good that whoever was singing would decide to just give you their work to mm-hmm. go do. That's mm-hmm. that's incredible. Yes. I mean, it's also, you know, a very effective, uh, effective method. Um, and I, I have a follow up question for you, which is that, you know, earlier in your career, I can only assume that this is with the cat. Uh, Joan Sutherland, who, in addition to to me thinking that she was a person, like like I don't understand why a human would name a cat that. Why a human would name a cat Joan Sutherland? It doesn't seem like a cat name to me. Well, uh-huh. there's a woman named Cher out there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's a really good there's point. Charo, baby. A, those are very cat catty names. Um, so one of your many iconic performances, I can only assume it's with Joan Sutherland. Earlier in your career, you played the part of Tonio mm-hmm. in Don Zanetti's La Fille de Regiment. And it was the performance that earned you the title The King of the High Seas, uh, which I am assuming has to do with being able to... Why is this funny? Is this, uh, is this another rich person thing? Yeah, that we I don't... also, you know, we call him the King of the High Seas on the maritime boats as well. Oh, Jared, is right. that the reason why they called you that? Or I thought it was because you could hit like a high note well, with I your voice. Well, I can belt a high C, but also we get high C and mm-hmm. we put the, we put the, a mixture of vodka, cocaine, and... <laughs> Uh, a little bit of heroin. So I'm sorry. So you're talking about the <laughs> the beverage high C. Yeah, like the yeah, children's like can, yeah, beverage. Yeah, like that kids drink, baby. Yeah, I remember high C. Except we pump it up with coke and age. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I was the king of the high C's. Interesting. So high C's, you can hit the notes. Mm-hmm. High C's, great on the ocean voyages with uh, Hugh Hefner on his on his party boats bon in national waters. Bon but voyage. also, but also high C. A special adult mixed drink that you would use high C vodka, cocaine, and heroin. Absolutely. Wow. Sometimes you mix a couple stem cells in there too, Jared. <laughs> if you can if you can afford it. Why? Yeah. Helps why? regenerate your liver. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I mean that explains why both of you live for, for so long. It has to it's science. It's science. It's just science. I am not gonna argue with science. Um, yeah, that's incredible. And I mean it's also one of those great all purpose uh, nicknames that, you know, it just has a lot of different meanings. You don't wanna just be like Oh, my name is uh, is French fry Steve because I eat a lot of French fries. Uh-huh, yeah. You know, you want you want to have multiple meanings. Is that another rich person joke? I, feel, I really feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Like I feel like I'm Steve. not even part of this conversation. French, French fry Steve. Steve. I would yeah. watch that on uh, In Living Color or Mad TV. Uh-huh. <laughs> they get the they get a guy. Those are, it's a normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. normal. Everybody's having a normal day, mm-hmm. and uh-huh. then a guy walks in. Big basket of a uh, French fry. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. And they go, oh no, it's French fry Steve. Uh-huh. And then he go, oh, French fry. And he, yeah. he eats that. And oh my good, he, it is funny. He finishes he finishes all the French fries, baby. He looks directly <laughs> into the camera and goes, does anybody else have any more French fries? I just want to be a huge, huge laugh line from the oh, studio audience in Burbank, California. Really, it would be great. I just don't. I can't be believe that Luciano Pavarotti and Hugh Hefner both think that that's the funniest thing in the entire world. A character French named Steve, French yeah. fries, Steve. Who, oh, that who would be really great. Get fries. Ike Barinholtz to do that or something. <laughs> oh, That'd be great. I, funniest sketch actor. Mm, yeah, that's he, right. He's, him he's and a, him and Will Sasso are some of the greatest sketch comedians of all time. All oh wow! Time. I had no idea that you guys had such strong opinions about that. But let's let's move on to um, some uh, some more questions about your guys' biography. Uh-huh. Um, so I like to go back over to you, uh, Hugh Hefner, for just a moment. So in okay. 1971, okay, you admitted that you had experimented with homosexuality Uh-oh. in your life. Um, uh, would you mind telling us a little bit about that experience? Because I'm curious, like where you would put yourself on the sexuality spectrum. You know, like everybody is. They, they sort of like pinpointed you as like the 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 uh-huh. the classic platonic ideal of what a straight man is uh-huh. surrounding yourself with you know fabulous women living uh-huh. in your living in your mansion uh-huh. but but um I think it's interesting that you would then somewhere be on that sexual spectrum uh-huh. well I think it's important to keep your pens in so many pies okay <laughs> and it's important to keep yourself in so many your pens pies. in your pens so many in pies, so many pies. It's sort of a mixed metaphor and um, again you know you have to make above 
six million dollars a year to understand that reference. But if you can keep your pies, you can keep your pens in, in all every types of pie, then you have you're involved in a lot of things. But sexually, so that's why I find myself to be more of an omnisexual than in, than in on any sort of human spectrum. An omnisexual, uh, so willing to have sex with like anything. I can have sex with an idea. I can have sex with a building. Whoa. I can have sex with a business. I can have sex with the future. I can have sex with you know girls and guys and goats. You know, mm-hmm. if the boat don't float, you <laughs> fuck the goat. You fuck the goat. <laughs> The expression makes That's a lot more right. sense now if you put it in that context. That's right. So we've had all types of stuff in the grotto. You know, I've hmm. had I've had sort of four ways with you know a rocking chair and Diamond Dallas Page and uh, jealousy, just the idea <laughs> of jealousy. <laughs> And that's the kind of stuff. And that's the kind of stuff that happens at around Friday at two p.m. You know, mm, yeah, that's just we're not, sort of. That's we're not just at sort of, the peak party. Oh yet no, no, no! no. We're not on Friday or Saturday nights. Um, you know, no, not yet. Maybe we'll get to that later. In that's the incredible. Pot. I mean, it's very yeah. progressive. Like, I'm yeah. wondering if there'll be and a time in the future when we'll have to consider the rights of omnisexuals, uh-huh. people who ha- who want to get married to a concept uh-huh. or to you know the paperback version of a novel. Uh-huh. You know. Um, uh, I would say Fates and Furies. That's a great book. You do be married to the paperback of Fates and Furies. You could, yeah. Did you uh, say Fast and Furious? No, <laughs> no, a paperback and... copy of Fast <laughs> and the Furious. That would be a bad book. I think it'd so. just be then, room for room on the, every page. And then the right? cars drove really fast. And then and then we jumped out. And, and then, then the rock. Jumped. And then, and then, I then there were boobies. I won the race. Um, the rock wasn't in the first Fast and Furious. That that would be the novelization Fast and Furious Five. He was in the series after that. I didn't know I was talking to such a Fast I've and Furious seen, head. I've only seen the odd number ones, which is a true story. Which is. Uh, that's it's, bizarre. It is bizarre. What a, but... what, a, what a real weird rule to live by, Jared. <laughs> like, it just kind of happened. I gotta be. I gotta be real. It just it's it's a. I don't want to brag. I don't know humble brag, but I had a friend of mine was in one of them, so I watched that one. Ooh. But then I. <laughs> you, have, you have a friend in the in the Fast franchise. I, he had a he had a part. He had a medium sized part in Fast Five. Whoa. French fries Steve in the Fast franchise. He was not. It was not French fries. Fast, fast French Steve. Fast French Steve. French fries. Fast. Do you guys Steve. like that as, as a character idea? Also, Fast French Steve. Fast, fast fries. I'll always fast. sign up for fast so, fries. So it's a scene, and everything's normal, right? <laughs> and then uh, opens the door, right? Okay. And it's a guy who is fast and French, and mm. his name is Steve. Oh. <laughs> you two are dying and over there. And, and he's running around, and he's screaming, ooh la la, ooh la la. Mm-hmm. But and really fast, says, like says, crazy fast. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah. All right, well, unfortunately, I think we only have time for one more question. Um, oh, no, we're, having, we're having a great time. On Famous Dead People. No, it's been, it's been wonderful. I'd love to have you guys back on the show sometime. Um, but uh, Mr. Pavarotti, mm. this is a little bit of a, you know, I hope it's not too uncomfortable to talk about this, but you had a little bit of a scandal in 1999 when an Italian court accused you of tax evasion oh, because no. you said your permanent address was in Monaco, but they realized that that apartment was so small that your family couldn't actually possibly live there. Mm. Um, and so I just wanted to know if there was any truth to that, if that's what happened. You know, did you, were you a tax evader? You know, I know that you paid a fine after that, but uh, mm-hmm. is that the true story? Look. When you pay your money to the government, mm-hmm. you are paying into a, how LGB, LBJ say, military industrial complex. Ooh, I don't want wow. to give money to the, the gun. I don't want to give money to the soldier. Okay. I want to give money to uh, the pet shop. I want to give money to the landscape architect. And I feel like my voice by a war. You're, I don't want to buy a war. You don't want to feel like your voice bought a war with your tax dollars. Because I make so much money. You do. A lot of gold bullion that a you lot can of gold bullion use to buy things with. In. It just it feels weird to me that you would say that because, you know, you were a citizen of Italy, mm. which doesn't have like a giant, you know, military industrial complex. They're not like invading other countries. I don't see what the what the negative side of paying your taxes in Italy would be. Look, I don't want to pay my taxes, okay? <laughs> Leave Why it at that. So Leave many it questions. at that, my man. <laughs> I just Spoken to... like a true taxes payer. You know, I thought that there would be like a reasonable explanation for this, but I guess I guess you just it's the two annoying. of you are cut from the same cloth. You're just a bunch of rich assholes who want to keep your money and spend it uh, hey, fucking over hey, other hey, people. Ding hey, ding ding. <laughs> Was it right. that hard? Mm-hmm. What to figure that out? Listen, I, I like to give my guests the benefit of the doubt, but I guess... Look, I, I guess have a 7 not. p.m. appointment with the Olsen twins. I got to get out of here. So that you can have fun, so you can watch some movies with them. We just eat 
Chinese delivery and watch their movies. I don't, yeah, that's not, not the bad. It's not a problem. I, I'm a little ashamed that I assumed you guys were having sex, but apology accepted. <laughs> neither here nor there. Uh, unfortunately, that's all the time that we have for this week's episode of Famous Dead People. Oh. I think I'd like to thank my guests, uh, Luciana Pavarotti and uh, Hugh Hefner. Thank you so for much for joining man. me in the studio today. Um, I do have one final question for you both. I know it's a little weird, but I like to ask my guests if they have any. Uh, comedy shows or funny Twitters that like to plug or tell people about. Um, uh, Mr. Hefner, is there anything that you wanted to uh, let everybody know, like to go check out? You know it, Jared. And uh, so first off, um, anybody who's like me, and when I say like me, I say uh, likes cool things and being around the hip thing that's going around New York City, uh, you got to check out uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, at Vital Joint in Bushwick on uh, November 19th. Uh, of this month, all right? And you got to check that out. You got to check the It Sucked Awards out uh, in December at the UCB Theater in Hell's Kitchen. I don't know if anybody, your listeners know this, but UCB uh, is moving from Chelsea to Hell's Kitchen, and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of tears, but it's going to be a great time, man, uh, at Hell's Kitchen. All right, go check out yeah, those two shows. Right. And uh, Mr. Pavar, anything you want to tell people about? Every Saturday at the People's Improv Theater, North Coast, perform a hip hop improv. Mm -hmm. Yeah, North Coast is an incredible show. Uh, and I am your host, Jarrett Berenstein. You can check out my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now. Go check that out. Subscribe to the podcast. Um, if you have any questions that you'd like to ask your favorite dead people, please email that to us at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.com. We will try to have them on as soon as we can. We're here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Famous dead people. Famous dead people.